I always wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Knudsen out of Canada. And I watched him hit the golf ball. I watched him with the wide stance, taking the club back way inside, releasing the club. One of the greatest ball strikers. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the McKellar Golf Podcast. My name is Lawrence Stornigan. But before I introduce you to my uh, co-host, um, I want to quickly, briefly mention uh, that the latest edition of McKellar Magazine is out now and is in the hands of uh, most of the people, certainly in the US, uh, uh, who have bought it, uh, who pre-ordered it. It's a, uh, well, it's, we're exceptionally proud of it, of course I would say that, but uh, if you haven't yet ordered your copy, please do so now because we, we need your support to pay our wonderful writers a uh, uh, a deserving amount of money for their wonderful work at mckellarmagazine.com. mckellarmagazine.com. Please support great golf journalism. Uh, on with that. Now, Jeff, uh, Jeff Shackelford, how are you doing, Jeff? 2023 US Open is over. I get. I guess you had the week of your life. Well, I wouldn't go that far, uh, but I had a great week. Yeah, it was it was wonderful. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of things we kind of knew would happen happen uh, in terms of of the fan experience. That was could be seen coming a mile away but i i uh the the atmosphere there was wonderful uh television obviously changed some things for some people but i mean lawrence uh, every day i'm just walking around it's just surreal to see the build out of the u.s open on that course that we've spent so much time on and to see how the usga uh really dug in to try to learn it and set it up and you know i think we have I think I warned, you know, how difficult it is to set up a golf course you've never done before. And the Walker cup just doesn't count, you know, 20 players in a session, uh, um, are, you know, it's just not the same as a full field stroke play event. And that, that was one of the more interesting things I did realize, uh, that, that the, the player mindset is so different in this, of course, cause it's stroke play and match play. But so that's why it, it just, it just wasn't the same. Um, and I was just so thrilled that they, they did a superb job. Obviously, they got raked over the coals for the low scoring the first day, but we can we can explain why that happened. Um, I, I am still a little uh, shocked at the volume of low scores that day. I wasn't shocked by a, a low score or two, but uh, anyway, as you saw, it turned into a U.S. Open by the weekend or whatever people you know feel like is a U.S. Open. Uh, very defensive, more defensive golf. Um, so it was. I was. Yeah, it was a blast. Um, I felt like uh, the course did what it was supposed to do, and and uh, the players who got it and embraced it uh, played beautifully, and uh, those who didn't uh, didn't fare as well, and those who did the homework were rewarded. And uh, I mean, out again, out and about, saw some spectacular shots. Unfortunately, the galleries were not very knowledgeable, so a lot of really great shots were were not appreciated uh, as well as you'd hope, but that's, uh, yeah, again, it was a recipe for that when you knew the kind of the, the, the breakdown of, uh, of uh, fans, uh, two thirds corporate and country club members and uh, one third, uh, the general public. So much to talk about. I guess we should start. Um, well, I guess we should start with the winner. Actually, Jeff, as a lay person, obviously, you know, this particular golf course better than just about anybody. Uh, and, and golf course architecture uh, better than most people. Uh, but uh, me as a lay person, uh, I always look to the leaderboard. And, uh, you know, the, uh, Saturday night, you know, Saturday night, your time. Uh, so, oh, my yeah. goodness, it was 
I mean, that's as good as it gets. I, mean, I go back to this is one for the old the old guys out there, old guys and gals. 1993 uh, Open Championship at Royal St George's. That was my first Open, and that Saturday night leaderboard was just you couldn't wait for Sunday, and I felt the same on Saturday night. So I, I'm thinking, well, the, this golf course is really, you know, it's done its job. It's identified the best players. The fact that Wyndham Clark has won, I, I, you know, well, that's a bit, he's not a kind of stellar name. He's not got much of a, I mean, he's obviously a great PG Tour player. Um, but, you know, maybe that's a kind of, you know, kind of fluky, lucky winner. But then you look at his record and it's it's fantastic over the last couple of months. I mean, he won at Quail Hollow. He's a two or three top tens. Yeah. He's a top 12. I think he missed one cut. Uh, turns out that Wyndham Clark, uh, you know, had a fine college career at uh, Oklahoma State, then latterly at the uh, University of Oregon, a great career. Great so he career. is uh, yeah. he is not without pedigree. But he's very similar to a lot of PG Tour guys who are breaking through, particularly this year. These guys have been out five, six, seven years, and they've been grinding, they've been learning their trade, paying their dues, and I think he might be out of that school. What I think might separate him from those kind of guys is he's, he's a really good call. I mean, he hits it far and he's got a wonderful short game. A, really a, a worthy winner. And yeah. um, people might want to write him off as a fluke winner. Some compared to Lucas Glover. Oh, I know. And Webb Simpson. I, you know, no offense to those guys, but give me a break. He's got a, a complete. I mean, Lucas Glover was not a good putter when he won the U.S. Open. And of course, now he's really struggling. Not, uh, yeah. No, I get all, but I do get it. I get why people go there don't you i mean it's it's he's not a household name and uh he may he may never become one or he may become a superstar so i yeah you know i was very bullish on him going into the pga after the way he played quail, quail hollow I, don't, I still don't know what happened at the pga it's his only miscut in the last 25 events i think uh somewhere in that vicinity and uh uh you could tell by the way he wanted quail hollow it, it, you're like oh this is this is this is impressive stuff and he thought he should have won at memorial he ended up 11th but um a complete game i mean he, he, he's got the power and he's got the short game and we know that still is that still matters and uh i mean some of the up and downs lawrence he made on sunday are are sevy like i mean nota begay came up to us because uh, i was walking with annie johnson we saw where he hit it on 11 down left it's all mashed down bermuda there because the soil's not great. The carts, uh, the the cart traffic over the years kind of beat that in, and and uh, what well, I, I went, well, we don't need to watch that. He's toast. That's a bogey. And then we're up at twenty. Here comes Noda coming up to the twelfth green. He goes, he got that up and down from there. I went, oh, you got to be kidding me. That is insane. So he did it on nine. He made a great recovery on eight. So yeah, you just have to salute the all around uh talent and the confidence and uh he's a good quote and uh he's a more traditional i mean he's a it's a more traditional story of somebody who was a great college player but then takes a while to figure it out on the tour that's a really interesting story by the way trying to get all those different swing yeah. gurus and yeah and the way he found it in the dirt i mean i didn't even cover any of that yet and that's just really a cool thing and he's at that age where it's a more traditional golf career where you take a few years to figure it out you have the talent people see it uh and you know he had a life experience thing with his losing his mother you know that's a setback and um you know just some stuff going on there that that this is this is more of what is a traditional 
trajectory or career arc of a of a player instead of kind of where we're we're trying to push the game this this youth thing which is going to be a, a disaster so uh i i just was so impressed with uh with everything he did and and by the way got there early learned the course hung out uh all that stuff which we felt like was something that would really help somebody and it did uh, and i do wonder by the way i do wonder if Rory did a great job diving in, but I do wonder about that shot on 14 going at the pin. If he had just spent a little more time out there, I mean, he did put in the time. I was literally with him when he first saw the 14th green and showed him some stuff, but that was a pin. You just play left and with a little, little spin, it's going to spin down. You're going to have an eight footer for, for birdie or 10 footer. And he went at the pin and uh, got a, got a break and that he got a drop, but, that that was the difference. Even though he three putted eight, that wasn't great. But the difference was fourteen. He just had to. Hey, he could not make worse than par there. And and Clark's two shots there are just just unreal, unreal that he got home in two. And then I was just thrilled, of course, that he that he hit it in that little slot because um, I think I can share this now. They were between hole locations for Sunday, and I was out there when they were looking at him on Saturday, and I'm. I uh, was very pleased. I let's just say I, I made a case for the left pin because I thought it would tantalize somebody into trying to sneak <laughs> it in that little neck uh, and get and and you know you get in a lot of trouble if you don't. So uh, I was really happy they went with that one. I think uh, uh, I think it. I don't know if it would have changed Wyndham Clark's thinking, but it sure allowed him to hit an. I mean, two eighty two three wood. Crazy shot. Crazy shot. An end of the wind, by the way. Actually, I saw a picture of you and McElroy earlier in the week. I don't know where it was. Um, uh, what was going on there? Could you reveal? You and, was this a, a practice round for Rory? You, I saw you and him were... Yeah, he was. Uh, he went out late Monday, and I saw that he was... Uh, I saw it on the on live from. They showed him out with Faxon. And I went, well, I, you know, the place was empty. The property went out late and I thought, well, I'll go watch this. And then he started talking to me. So I felt like that was a, uh, a license to, to, you know, to walk and talk. I stood back and, but he came over to me and said, uh, finally you're associated with something decent. Uh, and I went, well, that's the nicest thing anybody said to me so far. Um, he had watched, you know, Andy Johnson and the fried egg guys, uh, the, did that beautiful video amazing yeah. how many people watch that uh, you know they don't they don't buy traffic people really do watch that uh, they actually engage in that because i just can't even believe how many people uh, uh talk to me about watching that video or recognize me from it or or message me it was crazy yeah no they don't buy traffic that's those are real hits um and uh and rory was one of the ones who who watched it great work by uh cameron and garrett and the guys um so yeah, we walked. Uh, I went with him the rest of the way and showed him what I thought might be some possible pins. I didn't, I didn't uh, give away anything the setup guys uh, definitively because they hadn't decided on a few things, and it was great. It was really, you know, the neatest observation I thought I heard because he'd never been there, so he was just blown away by the 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 size of the back nine, and he'd just come from a course in Canada that he said was kind of the opposite. Careful, and, and, yeah. No, I just, yeah, it was just cramped, you know, it was, it was, it was yeah. claustrophobic, whatever. And he, uh, and I knew, you know, I, I just always felt this was going to be a great place for him because he could get that driver mojo going. And my God, he hit drives that were just epic. And, uh, and I just always felt with the draw, 
uh, that he can hit and, and the, and the greens being, I just, I just had a good feeling about him and, um, all along. And so, yeah, one of the things he, he was, when we got up to the 14th green, which ended up being probably his undoing, he, uh, uh, I, yeah, I took him to the back and I said, look how much this goes away from you. But from the fairway, you don't see it. And uh, he said, uh, you know, I just look all these greens. They look small from the fairway. And then you get up to them and they're and they're much bigger and they play bigger. And he goes, I love that. I go, wow, that's really a cool observation. I never noticed that about the green. So it was fun hearing some of his thoughts as a, as a first time person out there. He embraced everything about it. He didn't seem to he didn't seem to find one thing he found or he thought was, uh, was odd. And, uh, and he, and he obviously dug in and Harry works really hard at, at, uh, at getting all those details. And, uh, so it was, it was really cool to see him, see him, uh, uh, do so well. And, and, but it was heartbreaking in the sense that it was just like St. Andrews. You feel like, you know, two, two mistakes and, uh, that was in the last day. And otherwise it was, a uh, he played, you know, and people are kind of knocking some of the stuff he did. Well, you know, he played it like a U.S. open. He hit to a lot of middle of the greens and smart plays and, and the mistakes were, you know, the one was getting a little greedy and the, or, or maybe he just pushed it for all. I know he didn't, but yeah, we weren't about to go flesh out those details. Yeah. In the yeah. Presser. It was, was that another crap wedge shot, Rory? Just yeah. yeah it, was, it was, it was a pretty somber, somber session but um yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna ask him what happened i mean he admitted the one on eight it was just a bad bad first pot uh he was caught off guard by how slow it was i don't know how the greens were greens measured 14 at the start of the day really? on sunday and they were wow. so hard i still can't get over how well they held the greens given how hard they were i'm i you know i haven't asked and i don't want to pick on it or but but the you did you see gordon Sargent's pot on 18 I did. Where it, where it yeah, hit the cup. Was, yeah. And, you know, the greens, I they said it was a group before it pulled the cup up a little and, and that may have happened. Um, but I, 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 you know, it was just very hard to cut the cups deep enough. It may not have been cut deep enough and uh, combined with maybe it getting pulled up a little. But that speaks to how hard they were. And I was just trying to, I was trying to tell people just kept saying, well, they're, you know, there's, 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 they're holding so well. And they did the first, the first two days, but the weekend they were bricks. They were, they were brutal. Yeah. With the, uh, I didn't buy that explanation. that was pulled up by the group before. I just knowing, you know, caddies at that level. And if they pulled up, they would have, they would have, they would have fixed it. I thought. I think a, so. Yeah. I, I yeah. really do think it was, it was just never, I mean, and all it takes by the way, as you know, a half inch, maybe, maybe three quarters of an inch, uh, uh, not being as deep as it should be, and and you have a problem possibly because he didn't hit the uh, putt. I, yeah, he didn't hit the putt like crazy hard. He just hit it like a normal putt. I mean, half. Well, I was going to say half the world was hoping Wyndham Clark was going to do that in eighteen, but I would say ninety five percent of the world putt. was. What a two uh, putt that was! I mean, if yeah. he hits that, I just wrote somebody on my newsletter uh, comments. If he hits that even twenty inches past the hole, he has a brutal putt coming back. I mean that. I think that was one cup. I, I bet they, you know, with the way the greens got so fast, they, they envisioned that as a, as a birdie, uh, birdieable pin for the last day. And I, I watched Rory's putt from the ground and I, then I watched it on TV and it really snapped at the hole. And I just think looking back, I'm going to guess I haven't asked them, but that, that was one that, that maybe was a little, 
it, it was it was it was a, t- a tougher spot than it than they had intended it to be just because again the green started the day at 14 and by the way television made the greens look terrible i guess because the cameras were so vertical and they jack up the contrast in person i mean you saw padrick's comment best greens he's ever played in a major at the end of the day lawrence the ball was still rolling so beautifully now yeah they all get to tap spike marks but um the greens were amazing and that and it was just painful listening to some of the people bitching about the scores like you give guys greens that are that smooth at the end of the day i mean that was the thing uh that that was it was so fascinating between the first two days it it just shows you how the herd like ability of these guys to kind of talk themselves and talk themselves out of things into and out and that first day i have no doubt i mean first of all the morning dead still balmy lovely perfect temperature cloud cover all the all the recipes for scoring same thing friday morning but there were there was not much going on. And you're like, wait, this is just as scorable. There are just as many birdie pins. And I'm convinced that first day they got going. And then the guys in the afternoon saw what happened and went, well, this is gettable. And then I'm convinced Friday, a lot of them saw that nobody did anything great in the morning, except uh, Clark and Harris English. And they went, oh, the USGA must have must have touched it. And they all came out a little more defensive and the scores weren't nearly as good. I mean, it's amazing how as a group, like they just, just so they, they could get in kind of a, a, uh, yeah, they could talk themselves into bent grass greens. They could talk themselves out of POA. It's, it's a fascinating little thing to me that, uh, that happened there on Thursday and Friday. So, and I was not, by the way, embarrassed by the scores. It's a good golf course in perfect shape. I was going to come at the easy, hard thing. Uh, I personally, I, I loved Thursday. Probably my favorite day of the week, to be honest. Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, there's some, some sensational golf. And to see the golf course, I've been on the, the property. Um, but to see it on TV, the scale of it and the, the surroundings, and I, I loved it. Uh, but I, again, I know there's this... Uh, this whole attachment to the U.S. Open being tough and part, you know, pars kind of this godlike number. Um, but but I, I didn't get it. I mean, did you have any kind of view on it? I was only no, no. I knew I knew when I got there in the morning when I saw the the flags just just down and the uh, felt it was because it was kind of cool <laughs> uh, in the afternoons on Tuesday and Wednesday from the marine layer, and it was balmy. It was just this perfect temperature. And I went, oh boy, yeah, we're gonna. Have, really? I said, although I said we're gonna have a couple sixty fours probably to somebody, and uh, well, I was off by two. Uh, but no, I was <laughs> a little uh, taken aback by the volume and the number of low scores. That's I, I like separation, but it ended up. By the way, we got the separation. I'm I meant to look. We ended up with uh, eighteen players finished the tournament under par uh, after after whatever we were the first day. I don't know. It was in the high thirties. So, no, I was just, I wish it had separated a little bit more. A high round, I think, was 79. And then, obviously, Friday it did. Um, so, that yeah, no, I, I feel like a, a perfectly conditioned course um, with uh, greens holding. And that's probably the USGA's one regret. I have Again, I, don't, I haven't talked to them, but they might have pushed the greens uh, a day or two uh, earlier, sooner. But, I mean, again, they, they've got to get a field around. They've got to they 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 can't have the first day be a a a joke and a, a six hour thing. They can't lose control of the course. And 
as you saw on Sunday, those greens got to a point where uh, they were extreme. And uh, uh, so you just have to be so careful and people just don't understand that it's far better to have what they had Thursday than to have to lose control and to have a debacle. You don't want, you just don't want, I mean, people still talk about Shinnecock. It's a verb, you know, it's uh, you got Shinnecocks, yeah. you know? So I, I, I was, I was perfectly fine with it, especially because the leaderboard was sensational. And as you said, it, I mean, I'm looking, I, you know, I really hadn't looked at the final leaderboard in terms of just names and yeah, you've got, I mean, Tommy Fleetwood final round 63 Cam Smith snuck in there. And, you know, I think Cam Smith is somebody who uh, if he had, taking a little more time i mean he didn't even know that there might be the 80 yard par three when he was asked on monday i mean he just knew nothing about the play like do some freaking homework buddy and this this rolling in thing i mean you just gotta wonder he only finished four back he why and greens like that hey uh, jeff wow. if you if you've banked 125 of the pif's money i guess you're you not know, doing a lot of homework i guess point. you're not rolling in on a sunday to do some homework yeah. the other uh easy hard debate uh you wrote a piece for it, your newsletter uh the quadrilateral about the 18th complaints Wyndham clark hit this horrific it was a horrific shot i don't care what, what anybody says it was a horrible was horrific yeah a 186 oh my God. ball speed that goes 314 uphill that is well, so yeah. now we don't like it when somebody. Oh, come on. No. Here we Jeff, go. Now, hang on. Wait a minute. No pro. I mean, I no, have no idea what the curve on that was. It, it oh, was a. Sick. It was a. You know, no pro is moving, wants to move the ball that much. I'm sorry. I, okay. I'm sorry. Did you not read what I wrote? The wind is coming directly from the left. He aimed Jeff. there. He's hitting a cut. I, I, I mean, this is just. I, I'm, I, I'm trying not to hard, hard not to be condescending, but from that back tee. You yep. have to aim left. Jeff. And this from the left. If you the, the the camera is slightly behind him to the left. It is exaggerated. The the hole before the tracer was wrong. The tracer had him hitting it in the in the second fairway, and he was in Jeff. the 17th fairway, Lawrence. Okay, right. If we get, put a high horse to one side. The uh the, he hit a 314 he was, he, uphill with yeah, a 186 yeah. ball well, speed. Hang on a sec. He 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 stayed he remained on the fairway by a yard. No pro trust me, Jeff. No pros trying to wipe the ball that much, okay? They're just not. They're not. That was like a, I don't know. I mean, he started down the left side of the fairway, then ended up on the right side by a yard. I mean, he's probably moved up 30, 40 yards. So, The wind again, is from the left. It doesn't take much to push it that way. I don't understand why this is that complicated. As, again, you are being condescending. And by the way, that would, been, that, that would have been fairway regardless of how they changed the hole and not. It was fairway all along I, down the Again, right. I, I'm leave that to one side. I I, I thought it was a, a bad shot Oy and vey. he got away with it. And that's fine, bad you know. Yeah. Okay. He was the, seven uh, yards shorter than McElroy, who hit a draw. Seven yards. He freaking yeah. nailed that drive, and the wind pushed it, and it's the reaction. Well, you can't see. It's directly into the sunlight. I vey. I, so, but... But in your piece in, in the quadrilateral, you did. Uh, I mean, it wasn't easy. The hole wasn't easy. So people it's go, "This hole's too easy." All the day. Yeah. What were the numbers again? How many birdies was it? Was it four? Four, I... four yeah. final round birdies. There were there were there there was another. By the way, Patrick Rogers, who knows that course like the back of his hand, he's played there a ton. 
was out practicing with uh, Barkley Brown and we had a nice chat and he, 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 he's really, he, yeah, he knows the place very well. He hit it in there. Uh, it's, it's doable. I'm not wild about that tee because of that, because it's, I mean, I think it should be about 10 yards shorter when there's, cause if you could get a brutal win there and anyway, I, 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 it's not, it's not, uh, I really, I think it's a motion of, uh, Rory not winning that people are Actually, annoyed and, and the, and the extreme of the look of the tracer. But, but anyway. can, uh, can we uh, just actually briefly touch on Rory? A couple of things struck me. One, uh, oh my, he is so popular by miles, the most popular golfer. Yeah. I mean, it's just not even close. Uh, obviously, Tiger impressed everybody, but it's kind of Rory kind of owns everybody's hearts for some reason. It's just the outpouring was, was absolutely incredible. He took me a bit by surprise, and I've been following and watching him for God knows how many decades or a couple of decades. He's 34 years old, by the way. That shocked me. I know. Um, uh, the uh, I was doing some radio show yesterday, and they were like, oh, Rory, kind of psychoanalyzing Rory, as you always have to do. Uh, the uh, I've seen it, you know, if he has Mickelson's career from here on in, he's got he's got 10 majors. Yeah. You know, but so it's not like he's a. He's a, it's a disaster. Do you, but I wonder, what do you think? I'm going to ask you to psychoanalyze what's going on. Do you think it's just bad luck? Do you think there's some kind of mental block? Um, because he is, I mean, he's coming so close. Again, I looked last night, I think of the last eight majors, he's, I think he's got a 12th and then everything else is a top 10. And he, he obviously had that miscut in the Masters. It's a, if it was anybody else, people would go, oh my goodness, he is so due. He, what a great run of majors. Um, but for, I mean, it seems to be everybody's got their hair on fire over Rory. I don't know. Do you, do you? Probably not. Yeah. I think, I think there's a little overreaction to this being some sort of massive, uh, mental block or something. I, I think it's a little bit of bad luck. I think it's a, a, a few, uh, uh, questionable decisions, uh, in spots, but nothing, I mean, nothing like, you know, whatever, Phil at wing foot off the tee. I mean, these are. Again, he just played at a pin. He shouldn't have played in at on fourteen. He three putted. I mean, the putting the putts were 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 sniffing the hole. And he's playing in the middle of the greens a lot, so he's playing actually quite U.S. Open type conservative golf. He yep. hit some three woods in some spots to that that showed he was he he knew the golf course. Like number three Sunday, he had three woods so that he'd have a little more spin into that pin. I mean, there were all the all the signs were there of good course management. Um, he just couldn't make, uh, uh, you know, a couple of key putts that, that was the difference. It was just like St. Andrews that way. I, 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 but I thought everything else, the management of the game, the energy, I mean, the driving is just absurd, uh, how, how good it was. And it was why, yeah, I just felt like it would work so well for him there. So I hope he, yeah, I just think he plays a little too much. Um, that's his one problem to me, a uh, downfall, but, uh, I, I think he should not deviate too much other than playing a little bit less. I think that's the thing he has to reevaluate, but no. And, and to your point about being loved, I mean, on that Monday round, he just took wedges and putters and was working with a uh, wedge and putter with Brad Faxon on some stuff. And, uh, but yeah, he stopped and signed autographs. There were a bunch of kids out, uh, at a couple spots. And yeah, he just did. Yeah, he acknowledges people and all that kind of stuff. He's uh, yeah, it's not well, hard, Tiger, is it? Tiger didn't do that stuff in his prime. Yeah. And he did. Yeah, did you see? You probably didn't because you're over in the UK where the birds are singing. I hear. Um, did you see Ricky after the round Saturday? You know, they finish yeah. in the dark, 
and he he spent a good 20 25 minutes signing for kids at an area where they set it up where the 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 they have to make an effort uh to go there they created a spot where basically like yeah i guess so the guys wouldn't get yelled at for passing at them or i don't know why it was an odd spot but anyway he made the effort and he did and yeah yeah he might have known they were on television but probably yeah he had his back to the camera and he doesn't know and uh just just great stuff yeah it was uh it was awesome so but yeah i i don't have any profound uh wisdom on what rory can do other than i i do think that um you know just chop a few events off the schedule and uh but i was so impressed with how well he absorbed the course in short time and he was i gave him some thoughts on explanations on things and he he uh I, 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 uh, I mean, I'll tell you a story on that. That was just, it's kind of embarrassing. It took me so long to remember. So he was practicing putting on 12 on Monday and, uh, they had the, they had a little cup down in a spot. And I said, you know, I, I think that pin's probably going to be a lot closer to the bunker. And he went, really? Okay. And, uh, whatever. I didn't think much of it. I, ne- I never told him where any pins were definitively that I knew of. I just, you know, I just suggested a couple that he might look at that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, so Thursday he makes his beautiful 30 footer, uh, for birdie. It's just a beautiful, it's about the last long putt he made, I think all week. And, uh, he immediately turned and pointed towards where I was sitting with Andy Johnson by the green and people saw it. And I, Andy was looking at his phone or something or talking to somebody. I go, Hey, I think he just pointed at us. And, uh, and a few people said that afterwards, you know, did he point at you guys? Uh, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. And I was taking a shower the next morning where all the great thoughts are. And I was like, Oh, sh- Oh shit. He, he pointed at me because he remembered that I told him you sh- the couple probably be closer to the bunker. And I started thinking, can you imagine, I mean, the brain working that way that, he first of all you know we watch guys in practice rounds and you and they putt to a spot and you go are you really are you really absorbing this or are you just hitting pots because i always i always think you should go through your routine and practice a putt to spots kind of like you would and you know simulate reality because otherwise are you really absorbing those breaks well he obviously was he obviously remember and he remembered that i had said that's probably a more likely spot and then he somehow knew where I, he had spotted us. Uh, you know, he knows Andy pretty well. And he's, and, 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 and you know, like the brain went, yeah, thanks. You know, like, thanks for the assist kind of thing. That's kind of thing, uh, you know, that the, you go, wow, the brain is, uh, he absorbs. Again, it's like all the great players, Lawrence, that blow my mind with their ability to absorb it all. But then when it comes to the moment, they compartmentalize. And there are people we've known who can do that, who are really bright golfers, but ultimately taking all that information in wears them down. And there are people who take it all in and then are able to just pick the spot, the stuff they need to know at the moment. And, you know, that's where Nicholas Woods and Jones are, are the greatest because uh, they saw every detail of a golf course, but they, yeah, they didn't let it. They didn't let it saturate their brain to the point where they they couldn't take the club back. I, I love that story. I tell you, one of the many many reasons that I love Rory McIlroy is he, he knows Andy Johnson. I mean, seriously. I mean, he is such a golf nerd. 
Yes, you know, and is. Andy is yeah. the kind of you know the patron saint of golf nerds. No, no offense, Andy. No, um, no, that's a compliment. Yeah. So I, uh, I mean, do you think Brooks Kepka? Do you think Kepka knows who Andy Johnson? Of course he doesn't. No. Yeah, I, I, you know, actually, can I just briefly t- touch on Kepka? Um, he was one of the. There was a, not not too many actually. I think more people were praising it than were criticizing the golf course. Kepka's one complaint was uh, too many blind shots. Yeah. Um, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, he's getting a bit mouthy these days. Have you noticed yeah. that? Um, I don't know why. Um, the uh, he was the same. Too many blind shots because he didn't. You tell me he he hates the old course, doesn't he? Doesn't yeah, like yeah. I mean, he openly yeah. said it last year. I admired his honesty, but uh, I mean, Monty was the same way, wasn't he? And Lawrence said he he really didn't like links golf. He didn't like dry, uh, yeah, more well, he open had golf courses, right? He yeah, liked he, the tree yeah line, he had, he had it too lush. high. He yeah. had it too high, Monty. Uh, the uh, the other ones so it was Kepka, there was Fitzpatrick, and there was Victor. Um, Again, any kind of comments on on that kind of stuff? Well, I you know Fitzpatrick, I just I write off to that's he just doesn't like any kind of golf that's 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 that style, uh, dry and 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 closer to sand belt or links golf, which this was, even though it looked green, it, it the place was so dry. Uh, and uh, uh, Victor, I don't know, uh, he liked the ninth hole, which was nice, you know. Uh, yeah, there you go. Exciting. Um, and and it played great. The USGA did a beautiful job. They used all the 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 pins I would have used, and uh, in kind of in the order I would have too. Uh, but um, Kepka, yeah, I mean, he in his press conference he made clear he'd done absolutely no research on the place, literally none. And I, yeah, I asked a question about that. So he's yeah, he's going to play. He plays each nine once, and then the harder the two nines, this is what he does. He plays again, and and you heard me on multiple shows going into this i said because of the the the, there's some semi-blind and blind shots you you just got to play it a few more times and you'll get used to them they're not a big deal there's there's plenty to aim at and once you you just but you do need to get comfortable with them and that's so that's his problem that he wanted to go to the panthers games and the and the heat games and get plastered and uh but you know for a guy who was bringing his uh, team into the gym at 6 30 in the morning to kick their ass on live, uh, you know, there's more than more than gym work to good golf. And uh, it's kind of embarrassing for a guy to to not recognize that, you know, some courses need a little you need to do a little bit more. And uh, so, yeah, and he and he hits some very loose iron shots that I saw. So uh, I don't really know what to say to that. I, I get it. I'd get it if he was critical of something else, but that's that was his fault for not not doing his work. The uh, I guess his response to that would be, well, this is my uh, system of doing these major championships. Right, and right, it, it is. Yeah, so, and it did so. work, and and we we said it over and over again, leading into this. This is this is just like the old course. You, I mean, it's not the depth of uh, intricacy of the old, but you got you got to do a little extra work. It's not, and by the way, not a lot. Uh, you don't have to you have to spend hours and hours and play 12 rounds it's just like you got to play these holes two or three times for sure and that's what you know rory did here can you uh, give me a word in defense of blind shots even at major championships well in this case every one of them you had a uh you had something to aim at yeah uh so you know where you, you if you just work out the lines uh, what where the where the rough line is let's say on a tee shot you know what you need to aim at you know i mean number 12 they narrowed i was very nervous and um 
uh, about that and the reaction to that. And then I'm not being a big deal at all. The guys, uh, the 16th is a, is a blind or semi blind second shot normally, but the, the tee was so far back that the guys were actually landing in the landing area where they could see the green. So that one doesn't count. Um, you know, there's some blind semi blind shots in that the bunkers hide parts of the greens. Well, that's not a big deal. You can see the pin. Um, so I, I just don't, uh, you know, the third tee is a, is a blind tee shot. The fairway's 60 yards wide. So not an issue. Uh, so I, I don't understand, uh, uh, in this case, I get it on the old course cause they are. So it's so difficult to line up at this place. Not at all. Yeah. Well, the, see the, on these semi-blind shots you're talking about, uh, being on the premises, what, what are the input? Was it just rough lines or are there, are there buildings? Are there any nat- natural targets? Yeah. Yeah. There's the trees horizon? in the distance. There are things in the foreground. I mean, it's just, yeah, not hard. I mean, there's an aiming rock off the 12th tee. Um, it's small. They don't paint it white, you know, bright white anymore, but it was there. Uh, so uh, the 18th is kind of a, you don't really see the fairway from the T, uh, things like that. It's, it's more semi-blind stuff. So again, a little bit of scouting and, uh, and I think Wyndham Clark, you know, I mean, I mean, look at its attitude. I hate to do the old attitude as a decision thing, but Wyndham Clark played it, uh, the Tuesday before with a member who guided him around and he walked off the green and went, holy cow, this place is this is great for me. You got to putt well. You've got to you've got to drive it along. I, he he said it's a distance bias, which is interesting to me. I didn't feel it was distance biased, but that was his take. He used it. He rode that, and uh, and he won. And you know, Rom shot sixty five the last round, which was great. Uh, but his attitude, I saw him on the Friday before, <laughs> and his attitude was just weird. And he was weird all week. And then Sunday, finally, I guess maybe he got tired. He got tired of being dramatic or something. And he goes out and shoots. Yeah. I mean, I think he kind of, I don't know. I can say he talked himself out of it, but I don't think he talked himself into believing he could win there. And I, I think if you look at those guys at the top of the leaderboard, uh, uh, Cam Smith, probably somewhere like Thursday or Friday, finally talked himself into it. But, uh, and, and Tommy Fleetwood, uh, I got to go back and read. He made an interesting comment about his early week play, but that 63 is stunning. I mean, it is stunning if you go down through the scores, Rom 65 and Cam Smith 67 and then everything else. Uh, oh, Ekro yeah. shot 65 with a really stupid play on number 12 that uh, we we thought guys would do it and, he, and, and nobody did. And then he did it Sunday and that derailed that round. But I, I, I say derailed. He still shot 65. But uh, so, yeah, I think a lot of it's mental. I, I, I hate to be that simplistic that it's it's as simple as that. And then Rory clearly talked himself into his ability to play and they all do it. They all do it. But when you're the talent of Rom, uh, you shouldn't be, uh, yeah, I don't, I just don't know. He was, he was all over the map. He was, he was hot from the beginning. Yeah. Strange. Oh, well the, the um, his loss, the, um, yeah. I'm going to come on to the LECC and, uh, all that stuff. And obviously the atmosphere, um, uh, I guess um, as a TV viewer, not being on the premises, it was, yeah, I mean, it, it had a distinctly underwhelming feel. I'm not saying anything original or new there. Um, the whole uh, predicting, well, 
I think, what was it, 23,000 tickets a day, 6,000 to the general public, the rest of corporate and LECC members. How many, how many members does LA Country Club have, Jeff? Uh, f- around, I think around 1,500, but, you know, All right, probably that's a, a good chunk of that is a, a, like kind of a social thing, I think, like half probably, but um, maybe a little more than half. It was pretty atmospheres, wasn't it? I mean, I mean, how did it feel on the premises? Because it looked and sounded pretty poor on TV. It felt great yeah. on the grounds, but uh, but there were there were no people on several key greens because of uh, the ball going too far or infra- infrastructure stuff that prevented grandstands and the rope lines. Then got pushed back because you're going to yeah. a back tee somewhere, and where we thought there, I mean, we thought the eleven would be just that hill would just be a sea of people. Well, when they go to the back left tee you can't have players hitting over people. So then that moved the rope line up, you know, stuff like that. Just go through every hole. We always knew the front nine would have, have tough spots. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, the, the atmosphere on the ground was lovely, but there was no question that there were, there were a lot of uh, greens where there were no people or there were fairways, you know, between two and 17, there were that's almost well it's a combined fairway normally but not for the u.s open and it, it really wasn't worth it to try to get people between those fairways so then yeah you have the camera shot on 17 and there's nobody there there were two huge grandstands that were full so yeah it was um and then you throw in it was it was not a knowledgeable fan base uh it was it was uh and it was I, all corporates I, jeff well was well it- sure and i i talked to a lot of people and they're not they're not you know, it was the, the the company got tickets and the boss said, hey, we're going to take the day off. And we're all going to go out and enjoy this. And that was great. So so that's my point. It was a festive, lovely atmosphere. Very few Baba Booies. And uh, but also <laughs> these people just did not know when somebody would hit it 10 feet on a on a, f- a 490 yard hole uh, or let's say 12 feet, what a great shot it is, you know, especially with the angle, maybe they're coming. I just didn't know that stuff that a, a master's or an open championship gallery knows, and they don't know the golf course. Uh, and then they can't see it very well. So the ones, even the ones who are knowledgeable, uh, just, just didn't have the views. And so it, it was a combination of all these factors, totally predictable. The, the, the style of, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the golf knowledge of the crowd, the accessibility and the volume, the number of them on a big property. And, and it was all totally, totally predictable and uh, 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 unfortunate because, uh, you know, it, it, people need to be remember that the Genesis sold out this year. The, the crowds were great. The, vo- the energy was yeah. off the charts. Everybody talked about that. Uh, you know, what a, what a scene at Riv and Riv's more, uh compact and so you are right next to the action it's pretty much the total opposite in terms of spectating you can walk all around you can jump between holes quickly you can get around natural amphitheaters and and a lot of that was just compromised by by uh you know the changes in the game and and the uh, usga making sure that the players aren't hitting over people and all that stuff so yeah yeah a bummer but predictable uh, logistically, could you get more than twenty three thousand in there? I'm sure you could, couldn't you? Or was that was that a oh, club in oh, position? You could you could if you you uh, you didn't have you know a, a, the the tents on eighteen, for instance, and those were grandstands. If the uh, ball went 
uh, 30 yards shorter for these guys and you didn't have to use some of those tees and you could put a grandstand on a few tees that are spots that were tees. You, yeah, you could, you could get more people there. And, and also they probably could have shuttled fans from a, a parking garage or a parking lot instead of, you know, they used the mall down below and that was a fiasco because it is still a functioning mall. So people came to the mall. So they made some, they made some, uh, but but you know UCLA they had the parking structures there those were for the the corporate and the members uh, so stuff like that 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 uh, were the if the public were emphasized and they were the priority sure you could you could do 25, 28, whatever and uh, I have not chased down any of these stories of the USGA giving away tickets Golf Digest reported wow that at the end uh, Mike and then no laying up heard stuff about Mike Wan you know personally getting involved and and you know hey you want to come to you want to come and given tickets i don't i know nothing about these stories but the weekend there were good there were more people well there were more there were monday was the only day that was poorly attended uh every every other day was what about what i expected and uh and at capacity and and by the way the uh yeah and the, and the actual on the grounds all the all that stuff was nice but it was it was hard to get there for the general public from where they put the uh parking I tell you, my overall sense of it was that LA Country Club had stuck their nose in the air and were kind of not disgusted is the wrong word, but just uh, you know didn't want the hoi polloi on the premises. So my whole thought through the whole week: why, why did they know? Why did they host it? You know, if they didn't want people on their property, they didn't want people around the golf course. They didn't want uh, their golf course, the, the structure or the condition of the golf course, to be overly damaged. Uh, why did they do it? I just don't get it. And I'm sure the USGA could have found another golf course. I th- I think when they, they committed to this, they had a lot of people who, who really wanted it um, and wanted to show off the course. And, and, and I, I'm just guessing that I don't know, but I have the same question. I, I don't understand. Uh, you, you have to know it's the U S open and you should be excited about sh- sharing your property and, showing it off. So I, I was, uh, I mean, I had an inkling. This is where it was headed. I was shocked though. at some of the things that I saw and, and learned at, at the lengths they went to, to, to kind of set that divide between them and the, uh, and the public side. And I, I know a lot of members who were kind of embarrassed by that. Um, but I also had plenty of members say, uh, uh I think kind of implying they, they liked that. And I just don't think they read the room on how, uh unacceptable that is in the world and i mean the 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 scrutiny and the reviews they're getting on that are are uh brutal i mean they are getting absolutely i don't think they have a a, a sense of how much they uh the reputation took a hit over stupid little stuff i mean just stupid to be just unnecessary and uh look I, i you know i'm all for for doing the corporate if that that's what brings in the revenue and the it funds the USGA, I understand they have to do it. I'm not wild when it gets so close to play, and I'm really not wild when it compromises the uh, uh, the fan energy. And what what's ironic to me, and I'm going to write this in my notes, Lawrence. You know this. The people on the corporate side are paying to have a premium seat, and I don't mean this well. I you know to look down on the public, I, I guess, but. They not, that's not the ad. The idea is we have a premium. We're paying a premium price. We have a nicer experience. 
uh, and we're, we, we have an unobstructed view over this very energetic scene, you know, the corporate boxes in an arena, same thing. And great, fine. If that's what, that's what you want. I like to be down in the trenches and hear the noise, but Hey, some people just want to come out and have a lovely social day, do some business, entertain, and we, we can accommodate that. And, and they pay a premium for that. And that's great because it's a lot of that money goes to funding what the USGA does. But those people don't want to pay for that if the thing has no energy. You know, they, what's what's the perk if it's dead out there? You know, uh, so that's where we've seen this happen before where that happens. And, and then the people don't feel like they got their money's worth. And then on television, it doesn't translate. So it's uh, it was it was really that part was a bummer. But like I said, when you were there. People were having a great time. They were uh, but not ridiculous. Uh uh, uh, they were not doing Baba Booey crap. So I, I, uh, I felt like it was a, 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 you know, on the grounds, it was a nice, a nice time. And, and then of course there were a lot of people I spoke to who just were so excited to see the place. Uh, Andy, Andy Johnson, I think it was him that tweeted there's a great picture of the first tee, you know, oh, just well, the mocking tee. the atmosphere. I'm at the amateur championship this week at Hillside and the, uh, there was more people, more people around the first tee at Hillside, definitely, than there was around the first tee of the U.S. You know, Open. I mean, and what's painful about that? Now we had big names and all that, but can you imagine if we had some somebody, uh, you know, a, a ten cup type story, a qualifier in one of the last three groups, which we've seen many times, you know, Jason Gore, Pinehurst, and things like that. And one of the big th- moments of that of that storyline in the Open or the U.S. Open is that first tee moment and the chance for the people to give that person that extra, you know, we're rooting for you, the underdog. And here we have this thing where it's just kind of fat cats and, and, uh, and an exclusive experience. I mean, not even like a 20 person grandstand. Um, and then, you know, you got Bob Ford, uh, he's just kind of not a, not a, I mean, I don't want to, you don't need to have a ring announcer, but, a little more energy. Like it's just, it's just was very on us open like, and, and it's not, you know, and some first tees are tough, you know, Marion doesn't have a lot of room. Uh, there are places that, that just don't, but this was, uh, and of course they're teeing off from the putting green. People keep forgetting that because the guys just, just do such amazing work in the gym. Um, but <laughs> the, the first tee is on the other side of the rose roses that, that, that are there. And that's where they should be teeing off. So even with that tee, by the way, another 20 yards longer than the Walker Cup first tee, still hitting, uh, the Bombers are still hitting nine and eight irons in, in the afternoons. Just a joke. 578. Uh, it's just comical. I mean, it's a slightly downwind and, and downhill, but come on. what a, Anyway. Yeah, by the way, I forgot to ask, I, of the amateurs that you saw, did anybody impress you particularly? I mean, Sergeant, well, Sergeant. won the silver medal. Yeah, yeah Sergeant. I mean, he, I, I wasn't impressed with what I saw it at Augusta. And, uh, you know, but I did always have that sort of caveat. Well, you know, a lot of people get exposed with that grass chipping-wise. It's that overseeded Bermuda there, and it's a little different. It's a little grainier in spots. And, and, and even best players we've seen – I don't know. They, they hit some really weird wet and it's wetter. Usually they hit weird shots sometimes at Augusta. So he was on Bermuda here. Of course, I didn't see him miss many greens, but uh, yeah, I was really impressed. The, the demeanor 
Uh, he could have been really mad about that situation on 18. He was not. Uh, yeah, really impressed with his game. Was was uh, moving the ball, obviously, a long way, uh, but also can shape the ball, has shots, had shots around the greens a couple times that I did see him miss a green. So, yeah, I was I was very impressed with his game. Yeah, great. Uh, Barkley um, Brown, nice player, too. I did uh, did watch a little of him and chat with him. A little when he played his uh, practice round, very sharp, sharp fellow. Oh, he is uh, he is one sharp cookie, is, is Bartley Brown. Uh, I think that, well, making the US Open secured his place in the GB and I Walker Cup team. That I would hope so. We, yeah, that and the fact that we don't have many great players right now. Uh, but we'll we'll uh, we'll just leave that to one yeah, side. Yeah, by the way, it was yeah. neat. Uh, Carl Phillips and, and Thor Bjornsson and, and uh, Sargent played uh, practice round together. That was cool. Um, I watched a little of Alex Yang, lovely young guy, and talked to his, his mother. And he was playing with Bryson. They share a uh, teacher, and uh, uh, he was he was handling that experience quite well. And Bryson was in great spirits and loving the golf course. By the way, another guy who I think kind of talked himself into liking the course, and and for good reason. Same thing, he can hit a big high draw, and uh, and had a nice tournament for the most part. It looks like he stumbled a little last day, but. Yeah, so uh, impressive feat there for for Stanford to get four players in. Um, just one for uh, the. <laughs> I'm laughing at this. Uh, the U.S. Open 2039 is uh, is scheduled for LA Country Club. Do you yeah, think I'm trying not to laugh. One because it's so far out, and if I laugh, this this lingering cold, I'll start uh, coughing and hacking. That's why I'm, I'm. Yeah, 2039. Do you think it'll happen? Really, after what happened last week? Uh, I I. I don't. I don't. I, I just can't fathom that uh, the membership uh, would want it back. But uh, I did. That's why I never understood why you announced it first. I think everybody wants to see how it plays. Um, I think the USGA will will just sit back and wait and see what if the if the club says, hey, you know what? We, we made some mistakes there on that front. And maybe you guys made some. You know, maybe they'll have a they'll they'll let everything cool down and maybe it'll everything will be fine um i think it would it would uh certainly the women's open i think has less build out and so that could uh I, that should probably stay on the schedule and then they'll maybe they'll reevaluate after that but that is the danger of this of of securing things so far in the future and we'll see what happens with the the distance reduction because we don't want to call it a rollback but I, I don't know if you caught any of mike Wan's comments on that quite quite funny and quite good uh but uh did you see any of that lawrence i, I missed that no sorry that well in the press conference he was asked right out of the gate by uh by a tailor-made ambassador uh always nice <laughs> to have that in the press center uh proud proud tailor-made ambassador you know um uh, about it of course we he got the questions about well can't we put a stop while we while we sort out this live pga tour thing because they're the game you know they're the game should stop everything is doing for this little debacle that's unfolding and 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 what wants it we started this in 2018 or you know how, how long do you want us to take i mean he didn't say it like that but he said it much more diplomatically and then he uh I asked him about the session in, in with the, the the pack and and asked him if he was he could characterize the 
uh, presentations by the other companies, and he was not invited to that. I, I was actually surprised. I would have thought, you know, they would have allowed that. But uh, uh, but the gist of it, the, the most interesting comment was one, he said, it's highly unlikely we'll change course on what we've proposed. And number two, he uh, he said they're already sending in equipment for testing, the thing that would cost billions of dollars to research and the the thing that's so hard to figure out. And I don't know. We don't know if we can do this. This is really difficult. And uh, they're already sending the product in for testing. Give me, I mean, these companies are just, they're just so, they're never going to be happy. And I think that's what these organizations have have realized. I had an executive committee member ask me what I thought. And I just, uh, of how they're handling. And I said, well, Mike's pushback and, and explanation of all the questions was fantastic. I mean, he just absolutely put some, some notions out of, uh, out of their misery and even rom you know rom was asked uh should this be stopped while this is sorted out and he, he just was like well i don't really they're they're like they don't have anything to do with each other different organizations like yeah no uh that was a great answer um and and, he, and even though he's not entirely thrilled with the situation but uh like the executive committee member asking like what do you think i go well, i just don't understand why you guys are not willing to share the data that we we've discussed on this pod before that Fred Ridley obviously has that sh- a chart that shows where you are s- uh, swing speed wise. And if, if you're playing the new conforming model, local rule ball that would come what you would lose. And he goes, yeah, we do have that chart. I go, well, I said it, I assume it confirms that at a certain club head speed, which would be the, the speeds that are 99% of the golfers on the planet, they wouldn't be affected. And he goes, yeah, that's about right. Well, I go, then that means everybody could play this ball and they probably wouldn't know the difference. Probably, but we'll see what they produce. I go, well, I think that's something you need to share. And he went, okay, interesting. And then I said, you just don't ever talk about the safety issues and the slow play issues caused by it. And I think more people need to hear the safety. And I took him through some of the stuff and and he, you know, I just don't think that had really even dawned on them. Um at the, at least at the executive committee level, I think at the lower level. So uh, I, I, they're, uh, they're trying, but yeah, they're getting hammered. They're getting just hammered on all, all sides about how terrible this is. And, and you can't do this while we sort out our live thing. Well, what, what do you think, Lawrence? We're in like chapter two of about a 20 chapter uh, book on this thing. Yeah. The live thing. I mean, that is, we are, well, every, every week, something new pops up DOJ, Senate and you know Senate investigations now. My goodness, it's uh, yeah. No, I, they may be having hearings within weeks. Yeah, I saw, no, I saw a that. Quote that um, Blumenthal said within weeks, and then Jay Monahan's <laughs> um, has a health situation. I, I, you know, I'm guessing we won't see him for a while. Nobody has a clue what that was about. Um, so the point being, if if we wait around for live uh, PG tour thing to be sorting out, then twenty twenty six becomes twenty thirty six. I mean, yeah, not, not quite that, but it's. Yeah. So uh, again, but I mean, the uh, it's just the bad faith of the equipment companies will be stirring this particular pot. Uh, This whole bifurcation, as you just said, is just the biggest bogus argument of all time. Um, But again, by any means possible, they will try and stave this off. Um, um, Meanwhile, behind the scenes are actually according to your uh, person Mike yeah. Wan's comments they're, they're actually complying so it's um, yeah. yeah it's uh, anyway listen we should kind of wrap this up we're going to come on I, you know I just wanted to talk to you about your LA uh, country club experience the US Open experience um, 
And so we'll leave all that uh, other stuff, the live stuff and the PGA Tour stuff and the J-Mon and stuff to one side. Uh, here, just before we go, a bit of politics. Uh, I saw, turns out our new US Open champion is a bit of a QAnon uh, a devotee. Uh, he was um, caught, not caught, well, from 21 or whatever, a couple of years back, liking all these crazy, crazy right-wing conspiracy theory tweets. Yeah, a lawyer uh, that Trump even thinks is yeah. magic. Lin, yeah, Linnell Wood, Lin, I think the guy's oh, name is an absolute is really wingnut. Gone, yeah, yeah the, uh, just a quick question, not really about that, but, I mean, can you separate the golf from the golfer? I don't know. I mean, it kind of it soured me a little bit on Wyndham Clark, I have to say, but uh, maybe that's that, that's a flaw in me and not a flaw in him. Yeah, I, you know, obviously it was not a setting to ask because there was some anti-vax stuff, and he obviously played some tournaments where you had to be vaccinated. So, uh, I, yeah, there are likes. I, I don't want to. I, I can't. I can't. And with three years ago or two years ago, I I can separate it because. Um, I, 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 I'd like to know more. And at the moment, I just feel like you, you have to go by the way he played, you know, what he's kind of gone through in life. What is, uh, what his mom meant to his golf career that she essentially got him going in the game. Uh, yeah. I wrote about just the karma element of him, you know, what people coming up to him never had that happen before showing him pictures. I, I heard something about Mary Kay. Was she a Mary Kay uh, a salesperson or, or anyway, she had, she obviously knew a lot of people and Hey, I, I just thought that was a cool element, not cool because she passed away, but it was a, it was a, it was a sweet element to the story and how well he stayed composed. And I was just so impressed with everything. I was impressed that he had no problem blasting the late finish. Good for him. You know, it, it, and, and it wasn't all that, by the way, they had a ruling, they had they played a little slow on Saturday. They the pace was great the first uh, day. The second day not so great uh, because the wind actually came up in the afternoon, and uh, it's amazing how what changes the dynamic. So he uh, he was right to be mad about that. TV wanted that late finish. We thought the sun would be out. We thought they'd play about twenty five minutes faster than they did, or twenty minutes. But so yeah. I, uh, we'll see what, we'll see what he, I guess it's more of, we'll see how he carries himself going forward. Yeah. And, uh, who knows? He may have changed his views substantially since then. You just, you, yeah, uh, that was quite a while ago. So we'll see, but, uh, I can only go by what I saw and I'm so, so impressed with the way he played and, uh, and it is easier. I, I'm not saying he got away with it, but it is easier when you are only in your seventh major and it gets harder and harder when you're Rory and you've, uh, you've, you've been through it and you know how hard it is to win one of those. And that could be the ultimate thing that's weighing on him. But, uh, I don't know. Spectacular play from both of them. Uh, so impressed with, uh, so many different players, how they, they approach things and tackled it absolutely tickled with the way the course played. I totally get all the criticisms on the energy, but I know that the people who really looked at it and, and the people who, by the way, who, who recall, you know, the old U S open, that's not coming back. It's just not coming back. And maybe at Oakmont, but I don't miss, I don't miss that kind of golf. This was multidimensional. <laughs> I mean, who cares, you know, about the old way it was a slog. It was, at times, at times, uh, and it's not to take away from the people who won those, but they've just decided, why are we going to go to courses and emasculate them? Why aren't we going there to celebrate them and, and just 
touch them up and heighten them a little bit. And they and did that. We, and I, and I'm so impressed because that's, as you know, it's very hard to do when you've never had tournaments at a place. The, um, uh, not to sound like Greg Norman, but golf is, it's in the entertainment business. Professional golf is the entertainment yeah. business. And, and it's not four days of attritional, you know, Ugh. grind is not, uh, it's just Ugh. not entertaining. Um, I, on the on the Wyndham Clark Paul, yeah, you're a better person than me, Jeff. Uh, but I'm going to store that a little bit away. And uh, like the way I've stored away, Ricky, I remember the days. I'm old enough to remember when Ricky Fowler was tweeting out some just outrageous right-wing stuff. That was before his agent got to him. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, congratulations on your week. I thought you uh, you your quadrilateral newsletter through the week was absolutely essential. Uh, and well, all your beauties. Yeah, no, I really. I wasn't was. my normal thoroughness because I wanted to go out. Like I warned, I wanted to go out and watch. And gosh, it was fun to watch. And 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 again, the crowds, the people who were there, uh, were having a great time. And that's and then I had so many fun conversations and and nice uh i mean i laughed a few times you know uh, thank you great job like thank you uh well we just we just took the money that was given to us we gave they took the uh the marching orders and george thomas was the one that uh, and billy bell were the ones that created the the cool stage and and uh and the players were largely extremely positive and that's uh as you know hard to hard to get uh hard to get them to like anything at the moment they're a tough group, but you did it. So congrats! Right, well, we'll thank leave you about that, Jeff. And uh, and it looks like a beautiful day there. I hope you go out and enjoy those chirping birds. And and uh, I I look forward to hearing about this uh, this voyage over there, the, the third of the year. The uh, actually Hillside and Southport and Ainsdale this week for the, the stroke play rounds of the amateur. You're going to have a hell of a time when you get to Hoylake, Jeff. It's uh, my goodness, these golf so courses they look. They look, I just love the colors. It's hopefully we don't get yeah. much rain. A little bit of rain would help, actually. But yeah. uh, my goodness, it, it looks like it's looks to be shaping up to 2006. Wow. Um, and so, and that was two a, years in a row, too. I mean, after last year, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, good. And uh, uh, one question Have you have you investigated why they have you asked anybody at the RNA why they hold this? Uh, either the week of the U.S. Open or or the week after? Is it so that they don't have to come to the U.S. Open? I mean, I saw David Rickman of the RNA. They had some people there, but yeah, why do they I do will this? ask, Jeff. Gets I will, lost. It's, it's, it gets lost. Uh, I, I will certainly ask. Uh, I'll also ask why they have, <laughs> this is really bad, <laughs> the amateur championship of golf courses where you can't use a driver on the driving range, but uh, that's... Uh, <laughs> Well, I think I have a theory. Uh, yeah. Oh, I have to go. tell you about that. I'm sorry. We have to talk a, a little bit of golf ball on that front. So the driving range at LA, they created that. That was a entry way for the media and members, the back end of it. There's a gate on Clubview Drive and Holmby Park. And it was a great setup in that sense for bus drop off. And uh, so they had to put it. It's about 375 from the back of the tee to the, to the end of the range, a little uphill. So they brought in a fence to protect those coming in and they very nice established fence. Well, guess what, Lawrence? I know you're going to be shocked when you move that up to three 30 and they're hitting juiced balls with juice drivers. Lo and behold, uh, Wilco hit one out of the property. Bright Bryson was just pummeling over the fence. So they had to bring in a second fence and the security guys were wearing hard hats. Some somebody got hit. Thankfully, apparently not fatally or in a in a bad way. But 
So there you go. They bring in a fence and they had to bring in second netting. To, and I would walk in every morning just clinging to the fence so I wouldn't get pummeled. And uh, that was your member media entrance. So uh, just a reminder once again that the ball goes too far. We'll leave it at that. Good point. And I assume that is the reason that uh, the amateur. Yeah, we were laughing. The, the highest ranked player in the field is Crystal, Lam Crystal Lambrecht from uh, Georgia, Texas, African boy who I think his ball speed is about 190. We were laughing. He'd probably oh. be able to hit seven iron on the range, and that would be it for him. Oh, dear Lord. Anyway, we'll leave it at that, Jeff. What a world. What a world. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Lawrence. Enjoy the the, uh, the trip. I look forward to getting over there. It's a wild.